want to share uh, a story which is from the Bible. Well, let me just read that for you first. Uh, because I think it is, it is quite uh, appropriate for the season that we are in. Not just because of what happens politically, but I think to hap- what happens to us as a nation. And uh, I felt uh, this passage has been kind of in me for some time. And so whole week I've been processing and then I put down a few thoughts and I want to share with you this morning. So I'm reading from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah's, uh, you know, Nehemiah 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 onwards. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakiliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twelfth year, while I was still in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province in, a, in, a, in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments, let your ear be attentive to your eyes, uh, 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 attentive and your eyes be open to to hear the prayer of your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you and, you and, and have not obeyed the commands, decrees and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction... You gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your, if your, if your exiled people are at the furthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants, your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us already. We so acknowledge and honor your presence. I ask you, Father, once again, as I bring this word, Lord, it is what I can do this morning is just to speak with the help of the Holy Spirit and the ability that you've given me. 
but lord it has to be your spirit opening up the hearts of every man and woman seated here every years be attentive to your word every distraction be taken away every thoughts that are disturbing us would be put to silence i pray let your voice be heard loud and clear and speak to us we pray in jesus name amen amen now nehemiah in the bible is known for what builder right nehemiah the story of many many uh, people bible teachers and even the secular teachers have taken this passage and made a lot of money <laughs> made money in teaching leadership principle but what i want to share with you this morning it is not just a leadership principle it is something for us as children of god to understand and to live by it in the present situation that we are in and the nation that we live in and all that what happens around us are you with me okay respond to me <clears throat> so this is a story of this man nehemiah just to give you a little bit of background nehemiah was a jew he doesn't he hears the story when he is working in the palace what is his job cup bearer now cup bearer is a nice way of doing it but he was really a butler yeah butler not only sharing cup bearer means tasting the wine before the king drinks it in those days one of the ways where people want to assassinate a king they would poison the food which is offered which is given to the king in those days there was no sniper guns to shoot somebody from far off in the best ways to really uh, poison the food so everything what the king ate or drank was tasted by a person before and that person was known as the cup bearer but he would he would really be around the king there is a saying those who are used to sailing out at sea it says if you want to get to the captain of the ship you have to go through the cook in the ship the best friend of a captain in the ship is the cook because he prepares tasty food and he he finds favor with the captain similarly a cup bearer is in a very very special job he um he is very close to the king he's a very trustworthy man and there are some things which he had to do one is of course taste the wine some people are already smiling you know oh, what a lovely job is tasting the wine now there are some experts in our church who will tell you what how what is a good wine looks like some people don't drink just they just take a gulp and finish it you know but there are there are some people who tell you that you know a good wine but this man is to taste the wine not only that he is to actually uh, taste the food which is before the king ate now that's a good job now you can't stay far away from the king if that's your job because suddenly king wants to eat what do you do you can't king can't go just straight away eat but first you call nehemiah uh, nehemiah will eat everything a taste it and not only taste it and he has to watch whether he is collapsing <laughs> if he is if he is collapsed then the king is has to go hungry so it was a trustworthy job it was a good job it gave lot of privileges for 
for Nehemiah to be very close to the king. So he would have probably had an apartment. I'm using the word apartment, um, which is close to the palace, maybe close to the kitchen, maybe close to the dining hall, maybe close to the court where king sits with his with his uh, wise men and uh, other other important people. Uh, the other job that Nehemiah had was not only that he had to taste the food, not only he had to be trustworthy, every time when he came to the king, he needed to have a smiley face. Yeah? Hello, like, like what I'm right now. You know, it's like, now come, on, come on, just look at somebody and just smile. It costs nothing, honestly. It costs nothing. This Ron is smiling there. Full smile. Yeah, Jesse? Yeah, okay, that's like that. Come on, why are you so serious? See, that was his job. Now, it is a good thing to be joyful at all times. But imagine, it is a difficult thing to be joyful at all times. Some people who knows me very closely, they tell you that, you know, if you are upset, it shows on your face. They tell me, the same rule applies for them also. <laughs> yeah? How many of you know that uh, if you are married, you, you know, besides loving your wife, there are times you have disagreements, right? So if you go back to Monday, you go back to work, and, uh, you know, if you had a good run with your wife whole week and the weekend, and you're going to be very happy at work. You don't bother about train journey. You don't bother about um, the crowd in the train. You don't bother about even, you know, what happens in the office because you're happy with your wife. Are you with me? Guru? <laughs> when he is unusually quiet, it makes me nervous. <laughs> right? Now, this man had a job. His job was this. He had to be happy at all times, even if he had a fight with his wife. <laughs> so, he come, you know, he had a terrible run with his wife, you know, some issues, and he comes to the king and said, hello, king. Sir, wife, and you know, king doesn't probably picked it up, you know. Or he, he made sure that for the sake of his job, he made sure that he had a good relationship with his wife. It could be that way also. Now, it was punishable if he came before the king with a sorrow face. If a face was swollen. Sometimes, uh, I think, I think uh, after being in a church, Christian for a very long time, Christians have learned to master this art. You ask, before you deliver the question, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> so when we were young Christians, we were growing up years, one of our leaders, to, if you tell him that, you know, how are you? I'm fine. He would reply, so tell me how fine you are. Oh, that is a question. That requires some explanation. So here, Nehemiah had a good job to taste the wine. He was trustworthy. But he had to be joyful whenever he presented himself before the king. Now, why he had to be joyful? If he was sorrowful, probably there would be some doubt in the mind of the king. Was he going to assassinate me? Is he joined up hands with my enemies? Some of those things. So he had to be joyful at all times. 
Now, that's his job. That's Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah, because he is so comfortable with all that what is happening, one day, two men, a couple of them came to meet him. And he just inquired, so how is Israel? How is, uh, how is the city? How, how is this, you know, how is it happening there? Now, Israel as a nation, when they were delivered out of slavery and God promised them a land that flows with milk and honey and they began to grow in that place and began to prosper and David became a powerful king, built the city and built a wall around it and, you know, then came his son. His son built a magnificent temple and there was such glory for that temple and even Queen of Sheba, when she came to talk, uh, visit the kingdom and she said, you know, what I heard was only half of what I have, you know, uh, uh, what I heard, you know, there's, there's much more to be seen here. That's what she said. It was a magnificent temple. His palace and his, the temple of God was magnificent. So he knew what happened to the nation. They were then taken into captivity. And the city that uh, Solomon's time, which was built, the temple and the, the city, had a, had, was known as the footprint of God. Roshan, would you just put that picture? This is how the city, after Nehemiah rebuilt it, right? He built this city, city wall. So this is like a footwear, you know, a left foot. So, and they used to say that this is like the footprint. And the footprint of God was in tatters. When these brothers came and said, look, things are very bad. The walls have been broken down. The gates have been burned. Everything is in tatters. People are not living in good times. As soon as he heard that, it began to dawn on him. Look, I am living in such good comfort. I'm so close to the king. But my people... My city, my God's footprint, the glory of God is at stake. Now when I say glory of God at stake, that doesn't mean that it depends only on us. He is a God. What I, just, what I meant is this, that everything that we enjoy and experience is at stake at the moment. And this is where really the burden, of, burden comes upon Nehemiah says, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I moaned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I want to ask you a question, brothers and sisters. What makes you sad? What makes you weep? I know we are all human beings. If some sort of aches and pains, we tend to cry. Some emotional things, we cry. Those are personal things. But what makes you weep before God? Nehemiah, a man who was living in comfort. A man who, who had nothing to worry about. His life is sorted. But... When he heard the footprint of God is in tatters, it, wept. it made him weep. Today, ask yourself a very important question. 
what makes you weep could be many things your own life children now i am not saying that you should not weep for those things but i feel if we who are called by god we belong to belong to belong to god's community we belong to we are abraham's children and we see the nation i'm not just talking about the political scene my brothers and sisters in the book of corinthians it says the god of this ages have blinded the eyes of their heart therefore they cannot see the god of this ages has blinded the eyes of their heart not just the blinded the eyes of their eyes blinded the eyes of their heart so when you look around there are people who are living in darkness and there is no other way those people will get saved unless we carry the burden for those people so the last yes i i want to say that the election and all that what happened that it played a part but it has made me wonder and think and i began to have i'm beginning to get some kind of uh, greater burden for our nation not just to see a political change to see the change that god really desires for our nation amen see political parties leaders they will come and go but god has placed us in this world god picked each one of us in this world from this world for a purpose that purpose is this that we will help to open the eyes of some blind people we will not walk with them as if like we can see it we know where we are going but how about taking few people with us because we can see they can't see amen when he heard his own nation and he he made this prayer i want us to look at that prayer the prayer he made is this lord the god of heaven the great and awesome god who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments let's just stop there and look at that prayer and i have gone through the number of prayers men and women made in the bible do you know something the way we pray and the way they prayed is very different how we pray if we have to pray when we hear about situation oh lord you have done this for alex now do it for me oh god you done this for mark now do it for me lord you healed her now you heal me oh lord you have done this for him now you do it for me that is a prayer but i want to say this that is not the kind of prayer the bible teaches us whenever they face with a situation you know what they always their reference point was not about how god answered last time their reference point was always god you are the god of heaven and earth amen you're a god of heaven and earth in the book of acts when the disciples were put in prison the church prayed what did they pray they prayed oh sovereign lord despotes you made the heavens and the earth in acts chapter 16 
Again, the disciples were put in prison. How did they pray? They made a prayer. God, referring to the God of heavens. How do we pray? We pray. Our prayers are very much centered around us. It is, I'm not saying that we should not pray for our needs. and our, it, There is a place for it. But I want to say that I'm, I'm asking you, will you just make a shift in your prayer? In the kind, the kind of situation that we are in, the, 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 the scenario that we are living in, let's not, let's not just focus only on us, let's focus on the God of heaven. Amen? That's how he did it. He's not talking about, never he mentioned once, saying that, you know, what about the wall? What about the wall? It is broken down. Why are you doing that? He's saying that, yes, this has happened. We were wrong walking away from you. You said, you promised this to us. If we keep your commandments, you will bring us back. We keep your commandment, you will cause us to be successful. And that's our prayer this morning. That's how, that must be our prayer, brothers and sisters. When we pray for our nation, I love the way Lyndon led the prayer this morning. Yes, there is a threat. Yes, there is a challenge. But we will look beyond that. We are called not only to, there was a prophetic word this morning in the first service. When we stand before a mountain, whether anything, that mountain, we not only ask God to level the mountain, but sometimes God puts a steel in us so that we will conquer the mountain. We will conquer the mountain. That is, why, that is a mature Christian approach. And that's the kind of prayer that Nehemiah, he heard, he was troubled by what happened. He made him sit down and, and then he said, Oh God! He made that prayer, he moaned, he fasted, he wept, and he took it before God and said, God, you are still God of heaven and earth. Yes, my health is deteriorating, but you're still God of heaven and earth. Max rightly helped us to come back to God rather than just you know, looking around our needs Yes, we will pray for our needs. We want to pray for our needs. We must see breakthrough for our needs. We want to see breakthrough for our needs. But how about shifting our entire focus back to God? We are, Romans 8 verse 37, it says, We are more than, what? Conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Everyone's eyes get stuck in that. And it is a wonderful, powerful encouragement from the word of God. I'm not saying that. What does it actually say before that? It is an Old Testament quote that is referred back. And it says in verse 36, As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Hallelujah. There is trouble. There are challenges. There are, there are situations. But no, 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 no. None of these things will hold us back. 
in all these things not only through victory but through our challenges through our difficulties in all these things we are more than conquerors somebody said amen to that we are more than conquerors not only when you pass the exams not only only when you get your top in the school and college which if god has given you the grace you must do it you must work very hard we are more than conquerors not only you know a particular prayer is answered we are more than conquerors at all times even when we are like sheep led astray to be slaughtered So that's what happened to Nehemiah. Nehemiah now with the weight of that he can't go before the king with the with a sorrow face. That's as that will land him in trouble. He might lose his job or he might lose his life or he'll be put in prison. Sometimes in those days when we were put in prison it's called as the the bread of affliction and the the water of reflection. as all you get in prison so he he uh, he gathered his strength and he went before the king and the king noticed for the first time why is your face sorrowful when i read that i felt wow an earthly king noticed the face of his servant I want to encourage you brothers and sisters our heavenly king notices your face all the time he sees your heart the king understood he notices his face but our king sees your heart and when he saw his heart when he saw his face this is what he said why is your face so sorrowful why this can't be of sickness there may be something bothering your heart so he said now he could have said <laughs> what he could have said oh no 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 king you are <laughs> you know i'm just like that today when i got up you know something happened i slept on my left side that's why my face is like this he could have said that if he had to say that no 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 king it's nothing to do with my face the story would have ended there and there wouldn't be any book in the bible called nehemiah god would have chosen another man and we would have been reading that book are you with me but then he said yes this is bothering me my city my people are in ruin they are on a reproach and how can we help them you know i don't know i'm i'm just weighed down by this whole thing king and the king as soon as the king asked him that question so what do you want to do i like the way he said you know nehemiah immediately began to pray and uh, you know um, in 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 chapter 2 when king asked him what happened and he made a prayer oh lord he wasn't expecting that kind of response now that the king is asking him what went wrong how can i be of any help he didn't know how to respond he said oh god 
I have landed myself into this trouble. I'm only a butler. I'm only a cup bearer. I don't know what to reply. I just, I just had this burden. I don't know what to do. And, but you know, Lord, how can I? And God helped him how to answer. And then he, he looked at uh, um, the king looked at him and you know they had this conversation and all the people sitting around the king would have thought man this has never happened he would not speak to the king that way now he king is asking what can he do and he gathers his thoughts and strength and he says to the king i want leave <laughs> i want few months leave from from your presence I want to go and I want to build, help build the wall which is broken down. The call of God, brothers and sisters, it can come at any moment. It can come in the routine life that you are living. I used to work in an offshore engineering company. My job was out at sea. And uh, I had, I always wanted to do a project in North Sea, which is really very difficult sea to do that work. If you are working in sea, um, North, North Sea work, doing any project in North Sea is like Everest. To put it that way. If you're doing a project in the North Sea, that's like your Everest. You, you climb that. So I wanted to do that project. So I went. But while I was there, I had a very freak accident. In that accident, I <clears throat> was bedridden for 10 days. And I was lying on bed. And God spoke to me very clearly. It was in the middle of my, not in the church service, I was far away from church at that time. I mean, because I was at workplace. I was still close to God. And God put a burden. How about coming to serve me now? And I, when I got that job, I made a prayer, which I think many people are free to make if you want to. When you, people went to get a job, he said, God, please give me this job. Whenever you ask me to quit, I will quit. That is not, I don't know whether how, you mean it. I didn't mean it much. And God didn't ask me to leave the job in the first month or the first year. I worked for 10 years and God said, it is now time to leave. In Holland, lying on my bed and God spoke to me. The call of God came upon me. And since that day, and I didn't know what I will be doing with that call. I had no idea. Like this man is a butler, a cupbearer. He is not a builder. He is not an engineer. But his heart was gripped with the affairs of God's people. His heart was gripped with the, what happened to the footprint of God. His heart was gripped with what happened to the glory of God in that city and in his nation. And I think quite similar. Quite similar to that. I felt, yes, I want to serve God. I didn't know what God, what level God would use me, what level God would bring me to. I had no idea. I came back and I shared with my wife Julie 
I don't think she had a, any idea. Together we were trying to figure it out. She took, it took quite a while for her to understand what I'm saying. It is natural process, brothers and sisters. Everyone doesn't have to have that audible voice. It's just in a, in a gentle way, God spoke to me to come and serve. And I want to thank God for that. Not that I wanted to be a pastor of a church. Not that I want to be doing something beyond Buruvli or... I was happy to be a member of Living Hope Church. But God had his plan. God brought it out that way. And I just feel the call of God doesn't have to be of a particular category. We are all priests unto God. We are all priests unto God. So it can come to anyone, anytime. At the end of this first service, one of the young men you know, came to me and he said, when did you start preparing for this word? I said, it's been a week that is you know, going in my mind and I put down a few thoughts this morning. That's how, uh, so I kind of get impregnated with the, the thought and I process it in my mind and I put down a few points. That's how I prepare the message unless it is very thought through systematic study. So he said, for a week, God has been speaking to me as well. And this, your word, probably just helped me to, you know, I said, just hold it lightly. Let God, you know, just help you with that. And I prayed with him. I don't know about you, but I feel, how about becoming a Nehemiah for our generation? Our nation needs to see a breakthrough. Our nation needs many Nehemiahs. Maybe there are Nehemiahs sitting here, men and women. It's got nothing to do with gender. God can choose anyone. Maybe some of you are asking the question. I want to say that if you are hearing this word, this may be your moment of breakthrough. This may be a time God is saying that we had a powerful um, prophetic call at the camp. North is calling. I don't know what that means. We are trying to figure it out how there are a few signs that are happening. But not only North, this nation needs Jesus. This nation needs to see breakthrough that comes into every level. Not just the politics that I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who walk in darkness must see a light. The light has come. Therefore, darkness cannot overcome it. And we must play our part. So Nehemiah had this desire and he presented himself before the king. And the king said, okay, what, what, what do you need? And he said, then he, then he gets boldness. That's what happens. When God is with you, you will have the courage. You will have the courage to take steps. He knew his job is at stake. He knew that a uh, king might just give him a permanent um, leave and said, you know, you don't need to come back. But when God is with you, he will give you the strength. I, I decided to quit my job. But then God was my provider then. And God is my provider now. And God will continue to be my provider for the future. Right? And then uh, Nehemiah said, Okay, I want to go. I want to rebuild this wall. And he said, uh, I want a letter to all the governors from your end. He's gaining, gaining confidence now. I want a letter. 
And then I want a letter that I can borrow timber from king's forest. Not only to build the gates, but build a house for myself. He is having now, not only gaining confidence, he is now confident. He is now saying that I want timber, I want letter, and he gets all that what he wanted. Hallelujah. When God has his hand on somebody, he will make the provision. And every governor, every storehouse of heaven will make way for his people. Everyone, everyone. You show me one story from the Bible that God hasn't provided when he calls somebody. He hasn't provided, he hasn't promised that, you know, they will not be trouble. And that's what exactly happened. He set out to a journey to rebuild the broken wall of Jerusalem. He set out to a journey to reestablish the glory of God. He set out to reestablish the footprint of God. And guess what happened? Enemies started attacking him straight away. Sanballat, Tobia, you name it. All these guys came one after the other. And this is what he said. In chapter 2, verse uh, verse 19, um, uh, verse 20. I answered them saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Come on. Say with me. I answer them, the God of heaven will give us success. Say with confidence, the God of heaven will give us success. And I want to say that, I want to prophesy over everyone seated here. The God of heaven will give you success. The God of heaven will help you to see your children worshipping God. We will see that with the grace of God. We will see with the grace of God, this nation worshipping Jesus. We see enemies, but the God of heaven will give us success. We will see people taken to be slaughtered, but God of heaven will give us success. In those moments, we will be more than conquerors. If we believe God only for, you know, I want God to heal me. I want God to give me a job. I want God to give success to my children. If that's all your, all your demand is, you have a small God. But I'm talking about a God of heaven. My success comes from God of heaven. My deliverance comes from God of heaven. And when when these guys, you know, Nehemiah set out, they were asking, Oh, what can you do? What can you do? You are feeble. You're a butler. You're a cupbearer. You're not an architect. You're not an engineer. It doesn't matter. When God comes, a butler can be a builder. A butler can be a builder. You know, that's what happened when Jesus was performing miracles and signs and wonders. They said, What can come? What good can come out of Nazareth? A carpenter's son? Carpenter's son? Nothing can good come from Nazareth. You're mistaken. That which is needed for the world came from Nazareth. That the deliverer of the world came from that's why jesus said when he came to the temple he opened the scripture scroll and he said the spirit of the sovereign lord is upon me 
He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the broken heart, the rebuild, the rebuild every life. He came 2,000 years ago. When he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, he established, he came to build the broken walls of our lives. And he continues to do so even today. So we have someone greater than Nehemiah. His name is Jesus. Amen. And he will give us success. He, his name is Jesus, but he's also seated at the right hand of God the Father. So our success comes from heaven. Our success from, come from God of heaven. I want the worship team to come up. I want us to sing that Hindi song that we sang earlier. It's a powerful song. You know what, today, as we sing this song, I want you to think about this. Think about the call of God. Do you want to continue to live in comfort? I'm not against comfort, brothers and sisters. Are you aiming for more comfort? Are you aiming for better life? There is a man who had all the, the best life next to the king. He had the best apartment. He had the best view. He had the best job. But when the call of God came upon him, he was willing to let go of that. He was willing to let go of that. There are people I know in this room. There are people outside this room I know. They have let, let go of their life so that they can actually become a Nehemiah for their generation. He was a builder for their generation. I'm asking every one of you, young men, women, everyone, can you be a builder? Can you be a Nehemiah for your generation? And the God of heaven will give us success. And you know, there's an amazing one line in the book of Nehemiah. There's the last word which is said in that book. And it says, Nehemiah continued to pray. He said, so I purified the priests and the Levites for everything foreign and assigned them duties to duties each to his own task. I also made provision for contributions of wood at uh, designated times and for the, for the first fruits. Remember me with favor, my God. Remember me. He saw success in 52 days. Nehemiah. That which is impossible to build that wall in 52 days, even his enemies accepted it was a miracle of God. 52 days he built, rebuilt the wall. A butler, a cupbearer, a man who had no experience, he was, became a builder and he did it in 52 days. That which is impossible with man, it is possible with God. Amen. I want us to worship God this afternoon. Bear with me for a few more minutes. But it is worth doing it. I don't want you to stand now. You know what? If this message has any way spoken to you, if God has spoken to you, come. You have a burden to, burden to do things for God. There was one young man in the first service. I think he was clear. He wanted what he, he said. I have other options. But I think I feel I need to do. I need to be a Nehemiah for my generation. Maybe there are many Nehemiahs. I'm not saying that everybody will become a pastor. We want the bureaucrats. We want good people who lead this nation. Maybe there are, there are, there are faithful 
IPS officers, judges and all these people, maybe many people seated here. You may be a banker, a teacher, doesn't matter. But you're saying, I will be a builder for my generation. I'll be a Nehemiah for my people. If that's how it is, as the song progresses, I want you to stand. Not now. When God spoke, speaks to you. Right? Let's worship God. Lord, we pray for your fulfillment of this message that, has, that was spoken and preached to Lord over our lives. As you stood up, as we've, Lord, responded to, to be, Lord, and rise up as Nehemiahs in this nation. I pray you will open doors. You will open paths that our eyes haven't even seen or haven't even noticed. Therefore, raise us to be a generation that will take your kingdom forward along with you building your church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's applaud Vinu for that message.